At Enniscorty Credit Union, you can now sign up to a new MyCU current account with debit MasterCard. A current account that offers low monthly fees, no transaction fees for students up to age 24, is globally accepted with Google and Apple Pay, and they have real people there to chat to. Access your money anytime, anywhere with the Enniscorty CU app. Open a MyCU current account today with Enniscorty Credit Union and save money. The MyCU debit card is issued by UAB Payernet, pursuant to license by MasterCard International Inc. Terms and conditions apply. Enniscorthy Credit Union is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about next week. Um, I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get me <laughs> to Tony's like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game changer. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through thick and thin. Come on, Wexford! Hello and welcome to the Wexford Hurling Podcast. A fire in the stand in Wexford Park, but maybe not enough of a spark on the pitch. Disappointing start to the league, Ben? Yeah, it was a disappointing start, you know. They played well for a good period of the game didn't convert chances but last year you know weren't we weren't we all excited about our performances in the league and it didn't didn't mean anything come championship no it doesn't mean anything come championship and there were definitely some positives to take so you know there's obvious things there to work on so just just stay positive and uh, work on them come championship and we are without Rory O'Connor and Lee Chin two of our best forwards yeah, exactly. This week, we're joined by Galway's Fergal Healy to discuss the game. Hopefully, he wasn't affected too much by the evacuation either. Okay. So you weren't you weren't in any way in danger Saturday evening because of the big fire in Wexford Park, Fergal? No, no, I wasn't. A friend of mine now was, was down, uh, you know, Tom Anahan that was playing. Obviously, his, his brother Mark was down at it. And he he sent sent us a picture right that evening, and they were crossing the pitch, you know. So they were kind of hoping it wasn't gonna. They didn't really know what was going to happen, like so. He was kind of saying it would have been a long spin to turn around and come home again if if if, if it was an issue. The game couldn't have been played, but I suppose, thankfully they they resolved it quite quickly. How about I, you, Ben? Did you get to the bottom of it? I was delighted with the fire, to be honest. I was late. I was coming in late, and then heard on the radio that there was going to be a delay so got there on time didn't miss a minute Eddie Brennan tweeted I think he tweeted at half time saying what is it with Wexford and Wides would that be the outside opinion about us further well like I suppose the first half you know you're, you seem very dominant and the first 10 minutes I think he had four wides on the board you know by five minutes gone in the game five six minutes really early so the opportunities you were getting them, and there were seemed to be a lot of them were fairly straightforward, I think. Um, but definitely wide, yeah, it seems to be you know, you, you're able to to have the ball to create the chances, but just you know, that being clinical enough to, to finish them is the key. Like, you could have went in, like Wexford probably should have went in at half time, six, seven points, eight points up, and uh, you know, being honest about it, Galway didn't hurl particularly well in the first half, and it left them in it. And, I suppose every wide, every ball that was pucked wide was sucking the confidence out of some of the Wexford players, I think. And, you know, even the free-taking situation there where um, Dio Keith um, went to a 65, I think, after Conor McDonald missed a free. It was a bit of a strange move from, from just looking at it, you'd be wondering, because it was a 65 that was kind of in front of the goal. And I think at that level, you don't really see the likes of 65s being missed anywhere. Um, so you don't. So... Yeah, it was that kind of thing probably drained the confidence of, of some of the Wexford players and probably, I suppose, the crowd were probably getting a bit frustrated with it as well, I'm sure. Well, it, it yeah. did really 
ignite when Mark Fanning made this penalty save and then Liam Ryan scored that brilliant point it really ignited but after that then it kind of it died like and missed freeze and missed chances can kind of kill it yeah when when you get you know when you when when like all we're missing that penalty it, it seemed to give oxygen again to Wexford but then that 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 quickly goes if you don't stick over a point or two just to build on it you know and the couple of wides then you know, Galway, in fairness, once they came out in the second half, they were fairly dominant for that second half. And the forwards were good. Like they didn't really, they didn't miss, they didn't miss too much. Like they were, they were good on the ball. Their decision making was good. And they seemed a bit more energetic. And I suppose like that, the longer that Wexford left them in it. I think when you're down in the likes of that type of a place, when, when you have a big crowd in it and there isn't too many from Galway, you know, if he if they'd nailed most of those chances in the first half, you know, the result probably would have taken care of itself, I think. Um, because you know, the visiting team, there was a bit of a breeze in there as well by all accounts. And um, like going in, if you you know, it's probably a five or six point lead Wexford needed there at halftime. But with the crowd behind you and you're down your home pitch, it would have been a difficult ask for Galway to turn that around. Whereas they came out at half time with a bit of a breeze and it was level. So it was all to play for from Galway's point of view. And they just took their chances uh, as the half progressed. Yeah, it was actually Damien Reck had scored the first point from a uh, long distance free, and that was after five minutes and after four wides. The free taker issue is kind of, it's kind of been there for a long time. Anthony Daly had uh, was talking about it being being an issue, and I know Lee Chin wasn't around, but he, they're even you know talking of Lee Chin not being. At the top table with the likes of Patrick Horgan, TJ Reid, would you think that's the case? Is free is free taking that important now that Wexford need to sort something out and sort something out quickly? I think so, but like like Galway probably need to do that as well. I mean, you know, like Connor Cooney is a really good player, but you know, when the game was in the melting pot last year up in Co Park against Limerick, you know, he had a took, took 20, too long. He was at a thirty meter free that that went wide, like so. Like I think Evan Nyland should be given freeze. That'd be my own opinion on it. I think there's a place for him. I thought he worked really hard the last day. You know, I think him playing around that eleven position, if the guys can find him when they're coming out, he will nail he will nail balls from play as well as freeze all day long. Like I, I'd hold him in really high regard. And I think he's he's definitely the best free taker we have in Galway. You know, consistently he will he will hit them from everywhere. It's not often. I know he missed maybe one or two earlier on the last day, but you know, generally yeah. he he will get them from everywhere. But he will also contribute from play if, if you give him the ball. But he needs, in my opinion, anyway, he needs to be out around the forty and coming coming looking for ball. But that the guys need to find him then, and that will give you if he's getting on ball, he's very good in it. I know he's not the biggest in the world, but the last day he did work really hard, and there was one or two instances where he turned over Wexford coming out and won a free himself. So. You know, I think he's adding that little bit more to his game. His work rate was always probably questioned a little bit, but I think he's he's definitely adding that to his game, and he's he's a good young fella. Um, I think, in my opinion, anyway, I think he they should kind of give him the freeze because if you have a guy that's going to hit your freeze, you're you're going probably going to get ten to twelve points off him every game, especially the way the intercounty game has gone, if not more. And and all the top level teams have a really good, reliable free taker that will nail nail them all day long. So. It's a huge, it's a huge part of the for any team to have that 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 role uh, nailed down. And Evan actually, he recovered really well because, as you said, he, he missed a few early on. I think he he'd missed two, and then had the penalty saved from Mark Fanning as well before he scored one. But then I think yeah. he still ended up with. But did he get ten points from freeze? He was, yeah, he was he, flawless after that. Yeah, he was he was good. Like yeah, look at it. Yeah, he did definitely did one or two at the start, but in general. You know, if he's on it and he's on his game, he, like with NUIG, you know, he's he's playing really well. Our university is got of Galway as it's now known as, but he's he's playing brilliant stuff for them and putting up huge scores. So, yeah, look at I think I think if he is a good run in the league, he'll obviously want to stake a claim for championship at this stage. It's probably time for him to to be nailing down a place, a starting place. But the argument from our side would be Ross Banville as an excellent free taker. Sat on the bench, he didn't actually get on. Doesn't seem that he's fancy too much. Now I'm not quite sure if he's in the Evan Island class, but that would be the argument. We do we do have a free have a quality free taker who was sitting on the sideline. 
yeah, like it's 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 strange when you see you know the the, the freeze going wide and a couple of lads changing and changing your free taker there in the first half. It just it does I don't know. It just doesn't look great when you're just watching it. You you just think Jesus, there's a bit of bother there. Like you know, and is this just always the case? You know, if Lee Chen doesn't play, um, and fairness to Lee Chen, he, you know he's a good free taker. I suppose that that debate is there whether he's in the in the Pat Horgan and Aaron Gillan bracket. But in fairness to him, I don't think he's let Wexford down too much with his free taking either. I don't he's know much a... about young Banville, but I suppose if you have, you know, these these are the games to why not try try the likes of that young fella and, and give him a game and see how he goes and see see can he can he solve that problem? Like because it is it can't be easy like for the guys that are winning the freeze, you know, in a tough physical game like that. You know, if you're t- winning a free off Park Mannion or or Garage Mack or one of these guys. And next thing the ball is hit wide, it's a bit deflating. So so I think it's something that definitely, I suppose, Dara will be will be looking at. Wexford to Chin now, uh, he's always scored the clutch ones. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think I'd have any any complaints with Chin on the freeze. Well, the thing is, we need to keep him fit. And he's, you know, that is the thing. <laughs> is he far off fitness at the moment? Not sure exactly. I don't believe it's a, a huge injury, hamstring, I believe. Yeah, and at the end of the day, lads, it is just the league. I've, I've always said it like at the time, you know, it is the game that has taken place and is analysed to death. And like that, when you lose a game like that and you lose it well, you know, things are a bit flat and a bit down. But ultimately, you know, and I'm sure Jar Egan is focusing on the, the Leinster Championship. And when Wexford come to Galway, it's going to be a much closer affair and a, a much tougher game. And um, so, I think while the lads are, it's nice to win some of the, these games from time to time. Of course, you always want to try and win. It's important if they, they can try and pick up a couple of extra players from Galway's point of view. It was great for them to go down, to travel all the way down and get the victory. Uh, I've no doubt they were actually, they were they were going hard to try and win that game. But I think it was pleasing from, from our point of view that there is now a couple of players putting up their hands to try and, and, and get onto the the panel like and maybe you know strengthen it from last year's because definitely we were we were lacking um any impact from the bench really in, in, the, in the key games last year so i suppose from our point of view anyway it is trying to find a few players and if you can pick up a couple of wins along the way keeps it tick, ticking away but ultimately to come to the Insta championship there's not really too many thinking about what happened in wexford you know uh, at the end of um at the end of january well we we spoke last year and we were absolutely thrilled with our big win up in in Salt Hill, and then yeah. sure, it's it's irrelevant then when it comes to championship. Yeah, it's irrelevant, but I suppose it's it's the games that are happening at the moment, and that's what everyone is talking about, and that's what you're looking at. And you know, and I suppose April is still a few months away from when the championship kicks off. But yeah, look, at, they'll be disappointed for 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 a few hours after the match, but once they get back training again this week and start focusing on the next game, they don't dwell on it too much. It's it's probably you just don't want to be picking up any major injuries because the, the campaign is so tight and the, the, the window is so short you know um so small really for for with so many games coming it's just trying to keep your your main guys as fit as possible and getting a certain amount of game time into them and, and trying to find a couple of new lads then and it's just a balancing act with, with game time and lads coming back and be the same like that, that won't be the same goal team next next sunday against against cork um because they'll need to be looking at you know, getting game time into a few other guys, Joseph Cooney, I'm sure, Cahal Mannion, you know, you might see one or two more young fellas uh, getting a start as well. So, yeah, look at, ultimately it is only the league, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic too much anyway. You're talking about uh, new players coming through and maybe some, some of the under 20s from last year or players who have been on the under 20 in the year before. In Wexford's case, Say Richie Lawler had been going well in the Welsh Cup. Unfortunately, he got a broken foot. I think playing Fitzgibbon last week. Our DCU. He he was a very good player. We came up against him. I think in the 2019 minor team. Now he was the key man that time. He was a really good player. Played in the half forward line. So and is he out for long? I'm not sure, but I believe it's a broken foot. So it's probably yeah. probably the full year. You know. Yeah, it's, it's a pity. Like you know, um, especially when he's a good talent. It's a pity. It had been stop start. He'd been in the panel for a few years, but hadn't actually been getting much game time. Mm-hmm. Connor Foley is probably the only one who seems to be making the breakthrough of the under twenty. Well, obviously Corey Burn and Bar, but he was there last year as well. 
Conor Foley is the main man who hadn't seen last year. He seems to be coming through. Like we'd see that as a concern that these Wexford winning minor team of 2019 are not making the breakthrough. What, yeah. what, what way is it looking in Galway? It's not looking too bad. Like, like just for example, from that 2019 team, um, Owen Lawless was number five there the last day. He's a good young fella. You know, he's played with University of Galway at the moment and for the last couple of years. And he seems to be kicking on. He would have been full back on that 2019 team. Good player. And Tiernan Killeen was midfield. And again, he featured at different stages last year. And he would be under 20 again this year. Um, had a brilliant campaign with Loch Ray in the senior championship. You know, Tim Thomas has only beat them in a replay. Really good talent. Of that 2019 team, we have Gavin Lee as well was in the subs. And Liam Collins and Sean O'Hanlon. So like, you also have Oshin Salmon, who was a year after that, a really good player. He'd be the same age as Liam Collins. Like, so there's six or seven of them there from that 2019, 2020. They won both minors. So I suppose in Galway, we're, we're, we've been conscious of, you know, we obviously have won a lot of minor stuff there over the last 20 odd years, but we haven't really got any we're not getting the players consistently through so it's the, you know there's been a big emphasis i suppose from our point of view with the underage from um athletic development or, or strength and condition and or, you know, that side of things at the moment and i know brian and the 20s have a huge emphasis on it for the last couple of years and that's probably enabling these guys to physically step up quicker i think as well because like Owen lawless didn't look out of place the last day at all. Like, you know, for a guy that's just coming for out of under 20, Tiernan Killeen says, looks, you know, he's a big guy, six foot two, has a good bit of S&C behind him now and, and, and definitely wouldn't look out of place for the year. The same with the guys there, Oshin Salmon, he's a big guy, and Gavin Lee, they're all, physically, they're really good. Liam Collins probably still has a bit of work to do, but... I was talking to Lucas there during the week, the, the S&C guy with the seniors, but he'd be overseeing us with the minors as well. And Lean has put on, like I think, 8kg over the last few months. So he's, like, I, I was helping out his club team there for the latter end of the year. A friend of mine was was manager, the Capitagli man, um, and Lean was actually, would be, Lean and Jared Mannion would be the key players for them. But the thing about Lean is he's great pace, but he was getting knocked off the ball in the 50-50s. So, you know, the seniors kind of have taken him in and in fairness to Lucas, they're doing a lot of work with him there. So I think he could be a big player for Galway during the summer. Yes, Liam Collins, I think he's, he's a class act. Again, physically, whether he's up to it this year, he'll definitely be there next year. Then you have Martin McManus and Sean O'Hanlon. They're two good young players as well. Sean O'Hanlon is under 20 this year. Would have played wing forward on that 2019 minor team as well. Um, and would I would expect him to be pushing hard as well. So it's really positive when you look at some of those guys. And in fairness to Henry and, and Damien Joyce, Kevin Bellion, what they're trying to do. Because they are putting a big emphasis on trying to, just trying to get strengthen that, that 26, uh, you know, six, six man. So you have five or six really good options that's going to come into the game at any stage and not going to we'll say weaken it or you know in that kind of regard so yeah like from a Galway perspective you'd have to be happy with the way it is like but then like, I suppose our first half was wasn't great but then you have to take into account the traveling down and you know it's a big it's a big occasion when you have such a crowd for for our younger lads and it probably took them that little while to settle into the game but when they did I think they showed that they're um they, they, they're well up for it like, and they're hopefully they'll have a good league I think Galway probably wouldn't mind getting as far as they can I say again I don't think they'd be overly bothered about winning it and especially the proximity of the final and, and the first round of Leinster but I'm sure they're definitely aiming to try and get to a semi-final anyway AKG seems to me like an awful lot for a young lad to put on in only a few months yeah it was, it was well I suppose it'll be probably over the last six months or so like you know um, but yeah, again, I thought it was a lot too. You know, how you do it, like now I'm at this stage where you're trying to lose them kgs. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, seemingly, seemingly, Billy Drennan has put on mm. about 10 kg in that same same period. Yeah, I, I haven't seen him playing now, and I didn't see the highlights from that game. But I would have came across him. He'd been on that Kilkenny minor team in 2019 and 2020. 
So in 2019, we would have came up against him twice. But like that, he was very light, you know, a very light player. Um, he, he, you knew he had ability, but um, I suppose if he has, he, you know, he's, he seems to be getting taller as well. And yeah, he, he, he seems to be, in Kilkenny, they, they're very good at churning out these good forwards, aren't they? Every every couple of years, um, if, if the likes of TJ is coming to the end, and not, not to say that TJ won't still be around for another year or two, but to have the likes of that young Drennan, who is a top-class free-taker, coming into the setup. Um, and we'll probably do a job for another 10 years for them. Um, they, they always they, have someone ready to replace they do. a great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And regardless of what they've, you know, and they haven't been that prominent, you know, um, in the underage bar, the, the 20 last year, they always seem to be able to just pull a couple of players out that really, and they're, they seem to be at home at senior level. So whatever it is they can do, they're, they're really good at that, aren't they? So no, um, no suspicious questioning of how quickly Drennan managed to put on that muscle. <laughs> I don't think so. Not in Kilkenny anyway. <laughs> the same as the same as um, Liam Collins. I'm sure it was just, um, yeah. No, well, maybe he, he's in college and he's in. He's actually he's in freshers. He's a fresher in NUIG, so University of Galway. So he can't actually play Fitzgibbon, which is strange. So he's hurling. Which is another one of those kind of rules at the moment. But he so he came on for Galway against Wexford and hit a couple of points, but he can't play if it's given for Galway. So he's only playing fresher with Galway with the with college. So it's a bit unusual, isn't it? Yeah, handy fresher. Mm, <laughs> good fresher, yeah. I look at he's brilliant, brilliant player. Like that club, they won the they beat our guys in the under twenty B final um, last year now. I think sure like he was unmarkable, to be fair to him. He's he's an exciting talent. Hopefully he'll hopefully he will kick on and and play for Galway for many many years to come. It took less than ten minutes into this podcast for the it's just the league line to be said. Is that is that a problem overall in the second biggest competition for these for each each of these teams? Like there's the championship, there's the league, and then there's the the Walsh Cup for Leinster. The league being the second, the second, like you can only win three cups really, and the league is like the second most important. But it's still just, it's just the league. Is that is that an issue? Well, I think it's just it's so close to the start of the championship. It's very unlike teams are probably looking at what happened Waterford and you know Waterford, you know. But that, obviously... even when Waterford won last year, they barely celebrate. They barely like mm. there, was, there was no pure elation and running onto the storm in a field and yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're you're. I think you're right. Like, I mean, there is not many. There isn't many things to win in, in the hurling championship, and it's a pity that it's not really recognised a bit more. But I do think it's very hard for teams. They're trying to gain. Like when we were involved a few years ago in the 2020 and 2021, the, the COVID years. But like we kind of focused on the league, and and we had a good league. And that time there was no league final or anything. It was just ourselves and Kilkenny. I think finished top of either group, and that was it. Um, but we were out in championship we three weeks to the Dublin game that time and we thought because it's such a small window that we, 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 we took the league pretty seriously like we're still you know introduced a good few players but at the same time you always had enough players on the field that would give you a really good chance of winning the game and, and you always had some good experienced players to come on at key times in that game in them games to try and get you over the line and that's the way we looked at it but then we played Dublin three weeks after that and we were fucking useless. You know, we didn't fuck a ball. Like, you know, that was, you know, it was like you're there scratching your head like, what the fuck? How did this happen? Like, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one to gauge. And then you look at Kilkenny, you know, that successful team they had in the noughties and they were just winning everything. Same with the Dublin footballers there for years. But then I suppose Dublin footballers, you know, Kilkenny, that time they were very dominant in Leinster. Dublin were very dominant obviously in the football in Leinster, you know, had they that comfort blanket, to, they didn't really have to get going until the latter stages of, of those competitions. So they had enough time to really focus on the league, go hard, win it, and then have a little bit of downtime before they picked it up again. So I suppose that's, it's a, it's, it's a difficult one, you know, it is. And it's always nice to win them games and win those finals. But I don't know, are the teams going to go that hard at it? You know, if it's going to be counter- if it's going to counteract their progression in championship a few weeks later. Simply so, too close, in my opinion. It is too close. And you don't have time. Like, 
when, when I used to play and it was the opposite like we, you know we used to always try and you know go hard enough in the leagues because you could have two or three months before we played championship you know back in the noughties as such so but it's different now like when there is only a few weeks two weeks or whatever it is it, it is it is hard and like I suppose that time we learned from you know albeit it was, it was that the COVID season it probably wasn't the right thing to do you know that we should have maybe timed it a little bit better but I thought we thought we were I suppose our own thinking was it was so close to championship that there wasn't a huge amount you had to obviously increase your your level of training for those few weeks but generally you'd be hoping you're at a decent level to be okay in championship or get through the first championship game and, and so on but I think teams now especially after the way things went for Waterford after winning the league last year like they had a, an awful championship and teams are probably conscious of that now as well you know and it's a pity it is definitely a pity because a league is a nice a nice thing to win and you know, I was lucky enough we won two of them when I played and not that we won a lot more but it was still nice to win those things and celebrate them because it is a national competition and there isn't too many of them you know in senior inter county hurling uh, Wexford only scored 15 points at the week on Saturday the only team who scored lower than us was Westmead against Clare Wexford are going to Mullingar this weekend this Sunday mm. expecting the two lowest scoring teams in the competition expecting a, a scoreless draw the last time Wexford you can correct me if I'm wrong but they, they, the last time they played in Mullingar didn't go great for them either it, it, was, it was a score draw it was <laughs> a draw game and so I'm sure look at there's going to be I'm sure they're going to they're going to want to rectify things, especially going forward and up front. <clears> and you know, when you have like you have good forwards there as well, like Carl Dunbar is, you know, if you're looking in from the outside, Carl Dunbar, Mikey Dwyer, McDonald, like they're all really good players. Terry McGuckin played well, I thought the last day, um, got some nice scores. Um, Lee Moog McGovern has always been a very good player. Whether he's a scoring forward, that's probably questionable. But like he's a really good, honest player, good senior player. Again, I wouldn't know much. Um, Connor Hearn, I think, was the other wing forward the last day. And then, like, you had two really experienced midfielders, like that are know that do know where the goalposts are in the O'Keefe and Kevin Foley. So you would have expected more more than fifteen points. But again, when you're hitting as many wides as they did, I suppose if they need to focus on that this week and try and rectify that and bring those numbers down, especially going into double figures. Yeah, in order to, you know, going into the, you want to be keeping your 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 wide count definitely around the eight or nine market at all possible throughout the league. Anything above that, you know, you're going to run into difficulty. I think. Well, Wexford actually beat that number in the first half on Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if they if they even as you said, like even if they halved that, like you know, if they could have halved them wides, they go in probably five or six points up at half time. Um, and in a really good position and and probably not doubting themselves and you know so it is important it's hugely important for you know for for for, for Wex for this weekend I suppose he needs to have someone that's going to stand over the freeze and even if a few of them go wide on on, on if it's Conor McDonald hitting them so be it let him stick with them like and I think it's 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 very demoralizing when you see free takers being changed you know in the first half of the game even though I know Conor went back on them again and scored some of them again it's important to try and nail that down. Yeah, look, at I'd expect a kickback from Wexford again. And I'm sure Dara is conscious that, look, at it is ultimately it's championship that's in mind. And when you bring back the likes of Lee Chain and, and the O'Connors and these guys, they're going, they're huge additions as well. And the likes of Lee Chain and Rory O'Connor missing from that forward unit are two massive losses, I think, as well. So, you know, I know they're probably a little bit away before they play again, but I'm sure... Daryl just want to get a couple of victories under his belt now and, and settle things again. One of the key things for for Dara, uh, he's probably mentioned it himself in in his first year last year and now with the Walsh Cup and the league, it's to try to establish, get a couple more established players in, blood a couple of more players because the squad probably was very light when he came in. And I suppose the player that you mentioned already, Charlie McGuckin, from his performance, he he last year seems to have done him the world of good. Um, because he was very probably one of Wexford's best lads at the weekend with a couple of excellent points. Mm. Connor Hearn as well, you mentioned. I thought he started very brightly and probably went out of it. But I think Dara really needs a big year from some of those lads. He, he needs 
he needs a bigger panel and to be able to call upon a couple more players later on in games, even even when you've got Lee Chin and Rory O'Connor back in the team mm-hmm. and Jack O'Connor. That, that's that's probably the aim for most teams in this league, though, isn't it? Like to get your to try and have 20, 20, you know, 20, 22 or three players, or at least the 20 players that you can you have five or six guys that you can really call in and you know these guys can do a job for you and and will keep things going with 20 minutes to go and that they know the way you're playing and they're familiar with all of that. But I think when you're playing these league games and you're introducing players, um, it is important to have your experienced players around those guys as well and not have too many of them. Like, like I heard someone mention about a couple of new lads start and try and have, you know, not not overload any particular line with the, with the new guys and, and have experienced players dotted around them. So it's a balancing act, isn't it? Like, because young guys, you know, if they if the game isn't going well for them, and there there's a couple of them there together, um, they need the experienced lads around them. So it's a balancing act where you're trying to get a couple of new guys' game time in every game. So I'm sure, look, I'm sure he's going to try a couple of new guys again. The last day, you know, looking at the squad there, um, that young Oshin Pepper was was very good last year, and I'm sure he's he's a guy you know that will benefit from last year, and I'm sure he'll see game time over the next few weeks as well. Just looking from a guy, he's, his name stands out to me. Connell Flood is another guy who would have played a good bit last year. So there's still a few guys there that that would have had experience from last year, and you would imagine that would have only improved them and done them good. Obviously, Whites, we talked about it, we said, but is it a case of execution in the shooting or shot selection? Are we shooting when we shouldn't be shooting? Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. I think the, the, just that so- shot selection and, and you know the right area to do to take the shot on from and is there someone better in a better position you know maybe a little bit of composure lads are a little bit maybe eager get their you know get a score on the board settle that kind of thing and when one or two of them balls don't go the right side of the post you know a little bit of doubt will always creep in and then that will lead to you know a little bit of uncertainty when you when you are shooting and i'm sure as the game wore on the last day one or two of those guys were probably thinking, Jesus, I, you know, I don't really get the ball here. No one have a shot. If it goes wide, we've missed a lot. You know, there's so many people here. That all kind of filters in, especially some of the younger lads. I'm, I'm sure it happens, you know, some of the older lads as well, that little bit of doubt. It's always there. But again, and you'd hope that they would have learned from that experience the last day now, like that when they are, they are a little bit more composed on the ball the next day, that they do know who's around them or where they're shooting from like and always try and work it into that area that especially early on like get the scores on the board you know take them you know easy scores or try and work it into positions that are where it's easy to get take the scores rather than taking on the the ones out the field or on the sideline under pressure and stuff like that just but that comes that you know you need a couple of leaders to drive that like and when the young guys do get on ball, that they have that little composure to to work that ball out the field or work it across to somebody where that's in a, in the position to shoot. So it's probably a bit of both. Definitely, I think at times the last day the, sh- the shot selection was was a bit questionable. I think wasn't it? We did we did get a few very nice scores. Now, if you look at Mikey Dwyer's score, great play coming up. Mm-hmm. Liam Ryan's I, score, they were great scores. And Simon Donahue's from uh, Mikey Dwyer's. Impression of Joe Canning with the no look reverse hand pass. Yeah, otherwise, like, but sure, there's talent in that in that team though, and in that squad. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just something they need to work on for the next few games. You'd imagine they might be just early game, like get it out of their system and and learn from it and go on. And um, but like that, they have to learn from it. You don't want to go up to Mullingar the next day and turn into a dog fight because. We've had Missing another freeze. 15 or 16 wides like that. That's what you don't want. Just get a performance and get get your win and, and try and get that, that wide countdown and different things like that. And I'm sure there's a few numbers like that that, that the Wexford management will be looking at and, and trying to improve on and, and as they progress through the games then after that. Because every game they have after Westmead game is probably going to be a tough battle. Like, you know, when you're looking at it, you'd imagine... You know, Wexford should be going to to Mullingar the next day and getting a victory and, and moving on. I wonder will the RTE actually bring cameras to Mullingar this time? Yeah, it was shocking the last time, wasn't it? It was like <laughs> just someone with a with one of the with a tripod <laughs> there on the on the hill, and they forgot to zoom in. 
I'm under pressure now. They'll have to bring something big. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. It's not down. It's not down on uh, on GA Go as being one of the viewable matches, and there's five matches. So I don't know if they are planning on bringing cameras down. Maybe not. But we definitely had the problem with shooting in Mullingar last year, and it's something that has already been an issue this year. Dara Egan, after the win against Kilkenny in the Walsh Cup, he had commented that uh, it was good to have the shooting efficiency that we had because in the first round against Leash in Mount Rath, it was it was down around 45%. Then at halftime against Galway, mm-hmm. Niall Corcoran was actually being uh, interviewed on TG Carr and he was commenting on it about the poor scoring efficiency because it was 40% com- compared to Galway's 62%. Yeah. At that stage, yeah, free count did. as well, missing missing yeah. chances and then giving away frees for the other team to score. That's it's a big problem. Yeah, and like you know, it is. It's it's it is. It's but like that's that's the stuff the guys will be working on, especially the tackling and that kind of things from that side of it. You know, the shooting, the shooting is is a tricky one. Like you know, when you're doing shooting, I suppose you want to try and have it in. As many as much like a game type scenario. I think the days of just going out and, and doing your shooting on your own or that kind of stuff really, I don't know. Like I think for benefit, you, they need to be under pressure doing it. But I'm sure that's what they're at. Like I'm sure it's all contested what they're at. And I'm sure they're going to be. But look at that. I'm sure that the players themselves will know that that was that was the main reason behind them losing the last day, along with their probably ill discipline in the tackle at times in key areas. Like and when you have good free takers, like and. You know, Westmead will have, have, have a good Fred free taker as well. Um, can his name escapes me there. Killian Doyle. Killian Doyle, yeah. Really good player as well. Like so, And every every team is going to have someone that's going to punish you. So, you know, as well as going forward, it can't be, you know, I know the last day, especially in the first half, I suppose from, from midfield up, there was a certain amount of responsibility that, you know, we should have been ahead here at halftime. But I suppose at the other end of the field, it was ill, Ill- discipline at times in the tackle and too many, I suppose, easy frees given away at times, definitely. Questionable ones too. It had the penalty the penalty was very soft. No, I know it was saved, mm, but uh, yeah. Geez, I, I didn't see see no, much in it at all. I do I don't think it I don't think it was a penalty, no. You know, I, I'd agree with you there. Like, yeah, definitely I don't think so. Like there seems to be referees seem to be very whistle happy at the moment there. I know even watching the the Dublin game yesterday, the Dublin Watford match, like there was a huge amount of freeze. It was actually a goal referee, and he's he's actually a brilliant referee. In fairness, to Sam Riley and Gordon, but there was a lot of there was a lot of a lot of stoppages, and obviously a couple of guys red carded as well. And um, but yeah, Probably a mixture it's... of the referees been told yeah during the yeah. league being a bit stricter, and, it... and then the conditions as well. It's always something though, isn't it? Like the, the, the start of the league is always where the referees are trying to put down a marker or such, which, you know, and as it, as it goes on, like whether it's just in the GA, like this, I suppose, consistency and it kind of goes out the window and some of them frees that are pulled for at the moment, they don't get pulled for them, you know, next next May and June. I would have been expecting a bit more throws being pulled, but I think they were so quick. There was definitely a few throws that Saturday evening. That, uh, yeah, I think there was, there was a lot of throwing everywhere like you know at most of the games like uh, like I look at Limerick as well like and I, I scratch my head at times that they're not pulled more often than what's going on like but I I, I it was very noticeable wasn't it a lot of the games I found anyway that the, the amount of throwing that was and it's just kind of forgotten about whereas I remember this time last year I think we spoke about it as well it was one of those things that referees were, were focusing on and I know it's a difficult thing to focus on but so you need some sort of <laughs> there has to be some sort of contact on the ball there at times and it, you know I know they're doing it really quickly and it is probably hard to, to it is hard for the referees especially if the referee is not actually facing it if the player might have his back to the referee or something but yeah a lot of the time the problem is for the referees when the when they penalize it in the wrong if it looks like a throw but it was a hand pass but they penalise it that looks that's worse than letting people away with it I think yeah. and, I mean it won't be addressed unless it's there's outrage on, on RTE and on League Sunday or something like that that's that's when these things get addressed isn't it yeah yeah definitely when it's discussed on, on, on those platforms definitely yeah but it does yeah it adds to frustration on both parts because you can see it and like I used you know 
we'd be when we're working with the, the younger guys now, the minors, like you know, you're you're really trying to emphasize that they have to show that it has to be a hand pass, not a throw. Like, you know, you're you're trying to, I suppose we're trying to get them out of that kind of stuff, like so that you're avoiding them scenarios that, that could affect you and could be the difference between winning and losing the game at the at the end of the game, you know, a foul hand pass or something like that. So I don't know, maybe it just seems to be something that's kind of gone away a little bit in, in the last while again. It doesn't seem to be the major focus for referees for this for this league anyway. I reckon there'll be one there'll be one weekend where all of a sudden the referees are just all over. Yeah, yeah well sure look at if it like you know if it comes out in the media a little bit more, I'm sure it probably will be focused on and, and they'll be told about it and they'll have to clamp down on it and, and that'll happen. Yeah, definitely. But again, how consistent to be is another thing and we'll have run into championship. Is it a big year for Dara and Henry, really, considering the, the turnover in managers with Kilkenny and with with yeah. Dublin? Yeah, it is. Like, and I'm sure, like from Henry's point of view, he will want to try and win a Leinster title anyway, I think at the very least. And Dara is probably the same. You know, I think that's probably their main target for now, like is to try and get that Leinster campaign and lift that cup. I think that'd be be a massive thing for Galway. Um, we haven't had that bit of silverware for for a good few years now, um, so I think that's that's hugely important. And I think for for you know Henry and the like, they're putting in huge commitment, obviously, and, and they're commuting from Kilkenny. You know they're going to want something in return for that, really. Like they're you know you ha- to be able to keep going at a job like this, you do need you do need to get one of some of those big wins. So I think really, again, whatever happens in the league. I'm not saying Galway won't won't win it or anything. They they may well do, um, but I think their main focus definitely is to, is to try and win the Leinster and get that shortest route possible to an All Ireland semi final. But I'd imagine Dar Egan is looking at it the same and think we need to try and get a bit of silverware here. It's the second year in; the honeymoon period is over, and uh, you know both managers are probably saying, right, we should have a fair idea of our panel now at this stage I know they're trying as but you know you have the nucleus of it and the key you know your your key guys is trying to win something but that's not saying they weren't trying to win it last year but the Leinster final last year was a very disappointing game uh, for, for it was just a disappointing game in general Kilkenny were, were were the better of two teams that played terribly on the day um, but it was a game where Galway just didn't turn up like, I think that that will that will hurt them like so yeah, definitely from our point of view, I think a Leinster, a Leinster final is would be definitely the main thing for Henry and the lads at the moment. That'd be their main focus and their main target for sure. To get to a final, I reckon, is Wexford's first goal, I suppose. Like we haven't been in a Leinster final since 2019 with a bad semi final losses, one against yeah. your Galway when you were mm-hmm. involved a couple of years ago. I suppose, yeah, I like that as well to get to the final, I suppose, for Wexford if they haven't been there for a few years, but. I think, you know, Wexford, Dublin, uh, Kilkenny, Galway, I think it's fairly even. Uh, you know, I think any of them could any of them could kick on and win it. It's it's not it's not a definite that any of them are are, hu- are hugely ahead of the other, I don't think, from looking at it. I think I think Mihal will do a good job in Dublin as well. There'll probably be a bit of a kick in them. I know they're missing a good few players. Um, so that that might be the only thing that might come against them, but um like Kilkenny are always Kilkenny. They're they're always going to be hard to beat. You know, when we headed up there last year and going up there to watch them and support the lads, you'd be expecting you look at both teams and I would have been looking at Gore with thinking, Jesus, we've a good chance of getting over the line here and winning this. But I think you can never underestimate uh, Kilkenny and what they do. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be fairly it'll be an even enough competition. Um but it should be a good one, like and some good games and some. I said Wexford coming to Pier Stadium. I'm not sure when it is, whether it's April or May. That should be a cracker as well, like and it's. I don't know how many. It's probably a few years since Wexford played championship up in Galway as well. I would imagine, and the championship games have generally obviously been very close over the last few years as well. There's been a good few, good few draw games, hasn't it? If I remember, it was a, a real barn burner of uh, another <laughs> exhibition of wides in 2019. Six, 16 points apiece. Yeah, that was a draw game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and like last year, obviously was 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 the draw game as well. So, um, yeah, look, there's never 
there's never much in it in the championship games, definitely. Um, I suppose Galway will want to try and uh, replicate replicate that kind of a crowd um, when Wexford come to town for the next one. Like so, yeah. Look at Leinster, Leinster Championship. I think is definitely uh, a requirement and an ambition and a target for 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 definitely for Galway and Wexford. Anyway, for sure. Yeah, Antrim and Westmead uh, will look to will probably be there to take points off of some of the teams as well. Yeah, I'm sure on any given day, sure, like you just don't know, like more than Wexford did uh, that draw game with them the last uh, last year. So, yeah, and like yeah, the games come thick and fast, you kind of have to be on the ball, don't you, for for all of them. So, again, that's just probably another reason why I don't think teams will will lose too much sleep over the league. It's just about trying to get all your main guys through the league and get sufficient game time into them, and keep ramping things up as the weeks go by. In, in preparation for April. Yeah. We'll move on to our Hurler of the Week, which is sponsored by Boland's Wexford Ford, the official Ford dealership located in Ferrybank, Wexford. Number one for new and used cars in Ireland. Now, Fergal, we're going to give you the honour of choosing the uh, Hurler of the Week. Yeah, so look at, I think, between probably Damien Reckon and Charlie McGuckin. Um, but I thought, I liked what, that Charlie McGuckin brought and I'd like to see more of him like so yeah I'd be kind of going with him a good choice congratulations Charlie on being uh, the hurler of the week and thanks Virgo for choosing it the biggest honour in a long time <laughs> they all count don't they no, no, I, 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 I thought he was very good now I thought he was uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's an exciting great talent start like the he's, yeah he's a, he's a good player and yeah, hopefully he'll kick on and and and, and take a position there. Like, this. I suppose that, that's what you want. Like, you want guys standing up. And again, he's he's kind of came on from last year, so he's it's not he knows what it's about now, and he's had that bit of experience. And for these guys now, they need to kick on and become uh, more regular starters. So hopefully, hopefully him now and a couple of more guys would will kick on. It's a pity. It's a pity. I'm disappointed to hear about uh, Young Lawler, right? Like, because I thought he was an exciting player, and you know. Look, he's he's a good future ahead of him. I'm sure as well. That called call the bar a good game as well, which is good to see. Yeah, like he'd be very like I'd rate him now highly. Like I've seen him a good bit at underage and there with Carlo. Like he seems to be a really good player. Like I think he just needs to be given a little bit more confidence and and given a, a role and you know not being taken off at times um, left on the field and like let him get through a few games and you know sometimes like corner forwards I've been there myself. Um, you know, you mightn't just getting you mightn't be getting much ball, or you might have missed one or two. And you know, generally they're the guys that are hauled off. Like so, I think he's a really good player. I just think maybe at times does he lack a bit of confidence or something. But I think he's a guy you need to stick with and make one of your main men. Um, but he definitely has huge potential, and that's just kind of looking looking in from the outside. At his spot, I think out the field, midfield, or in the half forward line. I think if you remember Claire. A few years ago, he scored against Clare at midfield in Darren Turles. He scored five points from play. Is it just that he gets used in the full forward line a bit? You know, is that what he's kind of looked at, or is that just an area they think we need? We need a bit of a few more bodies in around here, as opposed to we have a lot of middle third players. Uh, We need guys up front. Probably he has pace as well, so they're thinking Mm. he can use his pace in the corner. Yeah, and he's very direct. Like you know, he takes guys on as well. Like and he's he's well able to finish. Like. Um, I know he, I, one or two that just went the wrong side of the post the last day, but yeah, I don't know. He, I think he's he's a handful. Like he, as you say, he's got pace. He's strong. He's loads of hurling. Um, yeah, he's a guy that probably just needs to be getting hitting his three or regular three or four points every day. And when is Rory O'Connor back in action? Not sure. Not sure. Shouldn't be too far away. I believe he still has rehab to do. Hopefully we'll see him before the end of the league. But I'd be looking, like, if we remember him last year, he was absolutely flying at this moment. Yeah. yeah. I'd be hoping that, I don't care if he plays the league or not, we want him flying for a championship. Yeah, that's the thing. And I suppose for, you know, you'd like to see him come and maybe get a game or two in towards the end of the league just to have a bit of hurling under his belt. But, look, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure they'll have enough done. Like, But if you could get him back at that stage... And have him right for the championship. It is. It is next. You know, end of April, May, and June. You want him flying it, and uh, he's obviously probably the main man for Wexford when he's on his game. 
uh, and definitely he's an exciting player to watch um, and you definitely enjoy seeing him play so I hope to God he's he's fit and he's good and he's he's mad for old when he comes up to Salt Hill he said he's an exciting player to watch McGuckin is actually no one would have thought would make an inter-county hurler and he's he's proven what it. age is he? 23 it's easy 23 I'd say yeah, yeah he's, he's young enough like yeah yeah, quite a young fella. No yeah. one, Ben. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Not no one. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't a young guy who was earmarked and said he's going to be a top inter-county player. You know what I mean? And how is Oshin Pepper progressing now? Is he a guy that is he a fella we'll see over the next few weeks? He actually did well in the Walsh Cup against Kilkenny in the first half. Scored a couple of lovely points. But in my opinion... He's still under 20 this year. Mm. And I'd like to see him get the full year playing the games with the under 20 team. I think he, would... he got he got screwed over last year by playing early in the championship and then yeah. not being available for the under 20 campaign and then not seeing an awful lot of game time with the, for the rest of the, the senior championship either. And it looks like that that fucking ridiculous rule seems to be there again this year. Like, Is it? Well, nobody seems to know. Like I, I spoke with Brian there, Brian Hanley there the last week, and I was just we were just chatting. And I was asking, and he just he doesn't know. Like you know, I mean, there's it's this thing in the GA. Like whoever, like I'd love to meet the fellas that actually came up with this and sat down and, and thought this was a good idea because no more than I was trying to get into Leinster. Nobody wants to actually. Nobody seems to be accountable for any of these decisions, or nobody seems to know who these guys are that are making these decisions. Because Jesus, I'd love to. To speak to them and and kind of hear their explanation for, for reasoning behind a, this, you know, it's not a player welfare; it's a fixtures issue. That's what they see. They they can play the under twenty now the same day or the same weekend as the senior now, and it doesn't affect them. But I don't think there was a huge amount wrong with them. The lads playing on a Wednesday, like 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 they always did. Like if the case may be, like I mean, like Colm O'Rourke has given out about it for the football now with Mead because one of their lads that was playing Sigerson. Mm. Yeah, but like I think to be fair, like I mean, sure, Jesus, like I read that, like, but he, isn't he? He's the manager. Why? Why is he playing, picking those players in? Like, I mean, sure, <laughs> yeah, he is a choice. Like. Sense, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, um, Jesus, if lads are like playing games like that, and they are, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're maybe carrying knocks or whatever. Like, sure, you have to have a bit of you know common sense in it, don't you? But like, I think you know, didn't teams like. You know, if a team is playing championship on a on a Sunday, generally the, there'll always be some form of a game on the Tuesday training anyway, like or to be a hard enough session. Like so, for a guy that's twenty years of age to play a game maybe on the Wednesday night and have to play the Sunday game, I don't know. I just I can't understand it. I think the, the guys are young like that. They you know, and there's such a focus on recovery, and they know each other, they know their body so well, even at under twenty you now. Like, and um, and the conditioning side of it is like they wouldn't. I wouldn't bat an eyelid at that like so it's, I think it's very unfair uh, for those guys at that especially if they're only maybe coming on as subs for their senior teams and stuff like that I think it's it's very unfortunate like and it's going to it's it's going to be it's going to be I don't know if interesting is the right word but it's going to be a major factor I suppose especially with the round robins in Munster and Leinster now in the under 20 and that overlapping the senior championships what way that's going to play out with the players, so I suppose you're just going to hope that the communications between your senior and your under twenty managements are are good, and that a balance can be found, or you know, agreements can be found in that to try and accommodate yeah. it as much as possible. And it has to be left up to them, like to be like not treated as children and just don't know you can't do it, you can't play the, him in this and mm. the, and him in that. Yeah, it just just doesn't make any sense at all. Like again, there is this this aspects of the GA like that I I'll never understand or. You know, I can't figure out at all some of the stuff that does go on, but um, that one is just—it's it's, very—it's—it's it's ridiculous, like you know. I said, like as you alluded to there earlier, Carl O'Neill winning the game for Limerick against Clare and not being allowed to play the next day, like you know, <laughs> just nonsense. It is funny that no one, no one in the media or no one has come out in support of the rule. Just about people bashing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's but the GA don't seem to. Like nobody seems to have given like, and I've no no doubt it's a fixture thing. You know, it's definitely not a player welfare thing. 
you know, that doesn't hold any water, like especially when you see what's going on with Fitzgibbon and Sigerson and yeah, the league exactly. match at the moment. Sure, it's that doesn't make any sense. Like, so I think it's very unfair if it's a fixture thing that you're stopping a guy playing with his own age group because he might play 10 or 15 minutes of a senior game. I, I just, just can't get my head around it at all. I think it's, I think it's wrong. Like they're only going to have that underage, especially they're only going to have them underage hurling for a year, maybe two years, you know, if they're lucky for them 20s and then that's it, they're gone. They're going to be, you know, it's, it's senior forever more like or adult hurling. Like, so I think it's, it's very, it's very wrong that this is being done. It's, you'd hope maybe it'll change, you know, the GA. Yeah. These, these I mean, could it, change from week to week. So, who knows? It's their age group, like, and it's not only them, but the rest of their teammates. It's their chance to play with with the likes yeah. of a Carl O'Neill for Limerick. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. But like, I suppose it happened there in the football. It kind of came into the football before it came into the hurling. If, if you remember that the, the those Kerry minor teams that won four or five football minors in a row, and I don't, I don't think David Clifford ever played under twenty or twenty one football at all. You know, now I know they've they ended up winning a a senior but what about all those guys that played with them at minor never got a chance to win their under 20 I don't know if they even won a monster under 20 without yeah. Sean O'Shea and, and, and Clifford and these guys not being allowed to play but you're right like you know all those guys that don't progress to senior and the majority of your minor and under 20 players won't play senior intercounty like and it is taking their opportunity to maybe get to a, a provincial final or a, an All-Ireland final and perhaps win something uh, when you're taking Three or four of their best players. It's it's not it's not easy for the you know from the you know from from Galway's point of view, like the likes of young Collins now and and Tiernan Killeen and Gavin Lee and and young Sean O'Hanlon. These guys could be key senior players, and I've no doubt they could be. So it's putting your senior management in a difficult predicament as well because their focus has to be, you know, the senior games in front of them and championship and their pressure games. For Henry and, and the management, so it's it's not an it's not a it's not an easy situation to be in. Like, so it's not. There's no guarantee that young lad at eighteen or nineteen is going to have a long intercounty career. No, definitely not. No, no. Take no. that underage away from it is kind of ridiculous. It's it is it, it is dreadful, like dreadful stuff, like, you know. So I don't know. Look at it said with the GA, you don't know. Maybe maybe there maybe something will come up about it somewhere that it may change. Sometimes these rules could get changed overnight in some office up in Crow Park, you know. So you'd hope common sense might prevail, but we'll wait and see. It's wishful thinking. Very wishful. It's like it's as wishful now as I was getting into this, I think. <laughs> Well, best of luck in getting into Leinster. <laughs> look, I know I know I know that Wexford will be supporting us getting into Leinster, so that's much appreciated, lads. I know. No worries. We won't have any stains, unfortunately. <laughs> Put in a good word. <laughs> yeah, sure. Look, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how it all plays out. Sure. It's, it's, um... As long as you play the games in Leinster. Hey, I'll play. We'll play them all down in Wexford if you want. <laughs> no matter who we play, under, no the, under the new lights, Tra- travel, traveling to Leinster to play championship matches is definitely uh, not something that's going to stop us going playing in Leinster. I can guarantee you that. Absolutely, no issue whatsoever with that. Um, we'll go wherever we can get a game. <laughs> so we will. But, uh, so we'll see. We'll see F- F- Fergal is happy for Galway to give up home advantage in this year's Senior Leinster Championship. <laughs> <laughs> I think Galway is too good of a city now to give that up. I think people, I think anyone that's travelling up will, no uh, more than the lads, anyone that's travelling to Wexford for championship and stuff. It's it's some of them Saturday Saturday afternoons, hard evening games when when teams are travelling there during the summer are usually great weekends, aren't they? They're uh, to travel to different to different cities and different towns, it's it's part of the experience, I think, for supporters. Thank you very much, Fargo. Thanks a million, Fargo. No hassle at all. That's uh, thanks for for having me, and the very best of luck with the with the rest of the, the league. Thank you, and I hope your I hope your minor team is beaten by Wexford. Leinster final. Hopefully, the opportunity will arise to play Wexford in a Leinster championship. It'll be it'll be great. You know. But um, we'll see. Look, if it doesn't work out, we'll have to try and uh, stay around and, and get involved in under twenties in the next couple of years, and then get it that way. <laughs> so you know, we'll see. If it's not this year, it'll eventually happen. 
it's one of those things that will eventually happen. Yes, yes. I suppose from my point of view, we'd rather it happen now when it's gone to kind of a, a national stage, a Congress where everybody, every county, you know, involved in the GA, you know, and the likes of New York and these these places as well, all have votes. Ex-presidents have votes. You know, there's a lot of people that have votes in this that you would hope will have um, can see the benefit of it, um, especially as it's a development age group and um, you know games games are important to, to these guys at this age um, so hopefully hopefully we'll see what happens Matt Johanlon trying to buy himself a bit of space a point for Matt Johanlon Gary, I have bad news. What's that? Uh, unfortunately, Shane Tompkins can't make a podcast. Couldn't. Why? Well, you're aware of the fire that happened in Wexford Park on evening? Yeah, yeah. The stand had to be evacuated onto the pitch now. Delayed the match 15 minutes. Well, seemingly Shane has been named as a person of interest. Oh dear. So he said he's just going to lay low for a little bit. Okay, yeah, maybe best to let it, let it uh, blow over. Anyway, thanks to everyone for listening and thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorthy Credit Union. Take care. Oh, Wexford.